You're listening to Q Marriage Mentors with Jeff Lutz, a podcast featuring conversations with remarkable lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender couples. What makes great relationships work? Jeff will ask the questions. You'll hear the answers. Together, we'll learn. Welcome back, everybody. Jeff here, and today my guests are Angela Falm and Janelle Vollmer from Wimberley, Texas. Angela is a therapist in private practice and also a land surveyor. Janelle manages call center operations for a large tech company. And today, Janelle started our conversation by sharing how she and Angela first met. We actually met on an online dating app, uh, like so many do these days. We're both very busy with our careers. And I found Angela first online and saw her picture and read her profile. So I reached out to her and messaged her. She responded to me and we chatted for a little while and then she disappeared for maybe a month or two. I didn't hear anything back from her. And then she reached back out to me online and we agreed to meet in person. And the rest is history, so to speak. Okay. So Angela, what was that about? You disappeared for a month. What happened? Uh, it was actually my, the month of my dad's 70th birthday party. Um, Uh. and, um, and I had a lot going on in my life and it was also the first time that I ever used online dating. Um, so I didn't really know the rules around it and it was, it was a bit much for me. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, but, um, but I kept her in the back of my mind as that cute girl from Austin and, uh, and, you know, I would mention it to my friends, um, that I wanted to meet her. And, um, I believe it was Memorial day weekend. I pinged her and asked her if she wanted to meet. And we met halfway between Houston and Austin, which I thought was appropriate to see if she would be willing to meet me halfway. And we met in LaGrange and, uh, had a very nice, long 10-hour date. <laughs> a 10-hour date in LaGrange. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what in, a lot. <laughs> what in the world does one do for 10 hours in LaGrange? You talk, I guess. Exactly. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. We agreed to meet for coffee. And when we both showed up, it's a very small town with not a lot to do. And the coffee shop was closed. As soon as we arrived, we realized there was no shops open downtown on the square. So I suggested a taco stand around the corner that I knew of. At a gas station. At a gas station. (laughs) Classy first date. Classy first date. Yeah. And uh, it was was a mid-afternoon, just meet to say hello kind of date. Uh, I had been dating, gosh, for almost 10 years. And, uh, So I had dated a lot. I had been dating online. So it was, for me, sort of a perfunctory meeting to see if I even wanted to invest any more time. Uh, And Angela, right away, was uh, amazing, attractive, smart, funny. When we got to the taco stand, Jeff, we just sat down. It was inside and started talking. And we 
talked for the next 10 hours. We literally shut down the restaurant and went down the road to Round Top, Texas and uh, bought a piece of pie <laughs> at a little <laughs> restaurant. Uh, we shut that place down, went to another place nearby, kind of a bar restaurant. And they had open mic night. And uh, it, we just, the conversation flow was so natural and amazing. And then Angela ended up performing playing guitar and singing uh and we shut that place down too i think <laughs> i don't know we neither one of us wanted to i think um wanted it to stop and we just the conversation kept flowing so from there we actually found a park uh on the map and it was closed so we I convinced Angela to break the law and climb the fence with me. <laughs> and uh, we hiked out in the middle of the night under almost a full moon, I think it was. And uh, we sat on this uh, really high hilltop under the moonlight and talked all night long till about two or three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. we, we had an instant connection and, um, and I loved how she was able to open up and, I love that I found somebody that um, almost does as much therapy as I do. Um, so, um, and, you know, was into, into personal growth and self-awareness and, and really had a desire um, to, to be in that arena of knowing oneself. Well, I have so many questions about what happened next, but before we go there, I assume when you're having this uh, date at the gas station and the taco stand uh, and 10 hours of closing places down, you probably were sharing a lot about your previous lives. Uh -huh. So tell me a little bit about that. How did you get to that day in terms of um, your own identity and coming out, family, that kind of thing? I'll let you go first. Mm. So, um, so coming out, um, I don't know people always laugh when I share this, but, um, I, so I was married, um, to a man for seven years and I, um, took a job out of town and I started working out and, um, it was a very small town. There wasn't much to do. So I went to the video store to rent lost. Have you ever heard of that episode lost? Absolutely. Um, okay. But they were all out because it was so popular. But right next to Lost on the shelf was the L word. So, <laughs> so I thought, well, somebody told me this was a good show. Let me watch it. Um, so I pop it in my DVD player. And uh, that's how long ago this was. And I was just mortified at what I was seeing. I had a big bowl of cereal. I lost my appetite. I couldn't eat. There were these women making out on the show. And, but I couldn't stop watching. That was the thing. Um, so I even began to kind of watch it in secret. Like I didn't want my roommate to come in and see me. So I'd watch it in my room on my laptop. Um, went through like all six seasons in probably three days. Something like that. Um, and so I realized that I was attracted to women. And, um, it wasn't long after that, that, you know, I, um, ended my marriage so that I, I could, um, pursue this attraction to women. And, um, 
I was in a, a long relationship for about 10 years after coming out and, um, and that, uh, there was a lot of learning there. Um, it didn't work out obviously. And now here I am with Janelle. So it's true. Hollywood really does corrupt <laughs> us and change us to gay. It does. That's what Janelle said. <laughs> don't, don't let the right wing conservatives get hold of the story. Yeah. <laughs> Angela, had you really not had any suspicion whatsoever prior to that night in the video store and watching? (laughs) You know, not really. I mean, it's funny. I grew up in a small town down in um, South Texas. Um, I really didn't have any gay role models around me. And gay was something that was weird or was other, right? It wasn't, it was, you just didn't want want to be, I didn't want to be, nobody wanted to be associated with being gay because there was a lot of, you know, you got picked on, you were made fun of, you know? Um, So it just, I think it was something that was really pushed far down deep inside me that I didn't pay attention to. Um, um, And so, you know, after realizing I had this attraction to women, I called a therapist because I wanted them to fix this. Um, And I walked into this therapist's office in Houston and uh, I was mortified telling her that I'm attracted to women, but I'm married. And um, I thought she was going to give me a lot of um, tips and tricks on like how to stop this. And instead she said, well, let's just explore this for a while. And uh, so three months later, I'm, I'm exploring it deeply and enjoying my exploration. <laughs> yeah, and then Janelle, what about you? <laughs> uh, my story is a little bit different. I grew up in a very small town in Montana. Uh, I was adopted at birth, uh, and Jeff, the way I describe my coming out is that I, I really never spent time coming out, I feel like my entire life, people have been trying to put me back in Um, because I I feel like I came out when I was four years old. I remember distinctly my first day of kindergarten, I started school young. My mom took me to school and I grew up with a big brother who was one year older than me and he had already started school and I missed him. I was lonely at home. So My mom convinced the school to let me start a little bit early so I would only be one grade behind him. And she took me to school on the first day. I was a little nervous and scared. And she had the teacher introduce me to this other little girl. And I remember she put us nose to nose and introduced us while my mom snuck out the door to go to work. And I felt, I remember going home from school that first day and telling my mom that I had fallen in love, head over heels in love with this little girl. And, (laughs) and I I didn't know it was wrong. I didn't know anything other than sparks flew when that teacher put me nose to nose with this cute little brown eyed, brown haired girl. And that was just, that was it for me. Um, so I, I think I spent the rest of my life trying to be shoved back into the closet. Like it was, uh, it was just instantaneous and I knew all of my life. Of course, I got the message immediately that that was, uh, not okay, 
that little girls could not fall in love with other little girls and it was not appropriate. Uh, I was raised Catholic and uh, went to church with my family. So uh, it was just a a lifelong message of uh, don't talk about it, don't do it. Um, But it was always there. And I I knew from the very beginning that I was uh, gay and attracted to women. You were, you were born on National Coming Out Day. Yeah, I, I don't know why or how in the world they decided National Coming Out Day was October 11th, but that's my birthday. <laughs> so I kind of attribute it to that, Jeff, I guess. And, and Angela, what about you? How, how was your family during your coming out process? So I have two younger sisters, much younger. They're uh, nine and 11 years younger than me. Um, they were the first ones I told. And they were very supportive, very sweet. Um, my parents took it a little bit. Uh, it was hard for them. Um, and, uh, you know, they were very concerned about what other people would think. My dad is the president of an engineering firm down south. And um, I remember them sitting with me at the kitchen table, you know. Um, and my mom said, what are people going to think your father is the president of this engineering company? And my response to her was, well, Dick Cheney's the vice president of America and he's got a gay daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So um, after about six months or so, they, uh, they came around and, and are completely accepting now. Okay. So we're back at the taco stand. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Tell me what happens next after that 10 hour first date. Angela. <laughs> um, another 10-hour date. <laughs> so Janelle came to visit in Houston the very next day. Um, and um, we went out uh, to, what are those, the hookah bar, a hookah bar. Um, and then we went to um, some 80s dance club. And she was very standoffish. I almost, I didn't, I thought for a minute she didn't like me because uh, she seemed really distant uh, much she was a different person from the first night um, but once we uh, somebody asked me to dance uh, and I got up and danced with them she quit somebody other than me yeah asked her to dance and she, ah. she very quickly cut in and uh, and so that probably led to the the rest of our date after that the next eight hours yeah yeah what was going it, on there Janelle It it was unlike any other date I'd ever had, Jeff. And, you know, I, like I said, I dated a long time. I'd been single for about 10 years, tried a couple of relationships on and off. And I'd had long-term relationships before, um, but I was really just enjoying uh, being single and and having some solitude. And I had a lot of growing and maturing to do uh, personally. So when I went back out on the dating scene, uh, I had, I was really looking for a relationship. I wasn't necessarily looking for anything casual. Casual was okay. I'd been doing casual for a long time, but I, I really felt I was ready myself internally in my heart to share my life. And when I met Angela and we had it was very unusual for me. I mean, 10 hours on our first date of just talking, we didn't kiss, we weren't physical. Um, and I just was blown away by her. She was the most amazing woman I'd ever met. 
Did it scare you a little bit? I was terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I lost all cool. Like, my mojo completely went out the door. And uh, so I think that's what Angela was picking up on. Like, I really didn't know what to do with myself, Jeff. I thought for a second she might even be out of my league. (gasps) And I was just, I was nervous. I was like a a teenager again. And I'm 48 now. uh, So I I wasn't... uh, you know, I was well into my 40s when we met and started dating. So, um, yeah, I, I was very nervous. Didn't really know what to do with myself. And I was sober. Uh, mm-hmm. I had uh, gone through recovery and sobriety about five or six years uh, before meeting Angela. And having that feeling, those intense emotions without alcohol or anything to sort of give me courage or, or calm you know, the anxiety, it was uh, completely different for me. And I had dated while I was sober too, but uh, Angela just blew me away. I was, uh, it was a completely different experience for me. So I had to kind of figure things out. But when that other girl got up to dance with her, your competitive side came out. Oh yeah, that was it. Get out of there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what were the signs? How did you know this is something I really want to invest in and make this long term? So, um, so there was a point in time when we were dating early on that, you know, the, the questions come up of, do I really want to do this? Uh, am I, is this the right place for me? There's a lot of, I'm ambivalent, right? So a lot of my ambivalence was coming up early on. Um, and, um, Janelle had shared a story with me, um, Uh, when I went to visit her at her house, she had some hawk feathers and I have always been looking for hawk feathers. I went to school in California to get my degree in psychology and there was a hawk nest and I would go visit the hawk nest, hoping to pick up a feather. Um, And I never, never found one. So she told me, well, the next time I find a hawk feather, I'll give it to you. Um, fast forward a couple of weeks. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the book of symbols. Um, but I, yeah. Okay. I uh, looked up feathers. I looked up nest. I looked up raptor and I, um, scanned it and I sent them to her. Right. And this is, I think we didn't ended up not talking that evening. You know, some of the ambivalence was coming up for us. We weren't sure if we were in the right place. At that time, I lived in Cypress, Texas, a very manicured, it's on a golf course uh, type subdivision. So I sent her all of this reading material. Um, I get up in the morning to take my dog to the sitter and I walk out and on my driveway is a hawk feather just sitting there. Um, It's about 10 inches long. um, And I was just it, it, it kind of shocked me. It blew me away. So I took a photo of it. I sent it to Janelle. <laughs> I think she, she, she told me later, she even thought that I had driven from Austin in the middle of the night <laughs> and left this hawk feather in her driveway for her to find, which I hadn't, uh, mm-hmm. clearly. It, and so it was, it was shocking. Mm-hmm. But Janelle, that's when you, that's when you go, Oh yeah. Yeah. I drove all night. <laughs> Uh, so, so Angela, yeah. all joking aside, what did that mean to you when you see this feather? What, what, yeah. what did you feel? So I'm, I'm not one that's really superstitious and I don't read a lot into signs. So I think something has to hit me across the head like that to say, 
hey, you know, pay attention to what's happening here. This is, you're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. You know, stay in this flow. Um, and since that time, I, we have found, I can't tell you how many um, hawk feathers. I probably have like six sitting on my desk um, or I, in the bedroom. I think since then, uh -huh. uh, we've found upwards of 30 hawk feathers <laughs> together. Yeah. So it was, it's been significant. And the hawk was, um, the hawk is special. It's actually special for Janelle because I think you shared with me when you were a child, you were taken to the Blackfoot Indian Reservation and they said that that was your animal totem. Yeah. Growing up in Montana near uh, the Blackfeet Reservation, um, we, uh, I had that connection with, with the hawk, like Angela said, um, after visiting the reservation. And two years before Angela and I met, I had just gone back to Montana and I went to Glacier National Park backpacking alone. I had recently lost my uh, uncle who raised me. Uh, and I went back to Montana to meet my adopted father, who I haven't seen in 34 years. And I was dealing with a lot of emotions and memories and childhood and, and stuff. Uh, and I spent a couple of days on the Blackfeet Reservation at a lodge with a shaman and I did a, a vision quest um, and it just, it, it felt like everything in my life, kind of like Angela said, was leading me up to these moments. Uh, and, and the hawk was a part of that. Having these hawk feathers when we met, uh, I found the hawk feathers when my uncle died uh, in the road, just sort of accidentally. Uh, so they were really meaningful to me. And then for her to say that she wanted one, and to find one in, my driveway. in her driveway, it was a red tail hawk feather, um, was just, it, it was very meaningful to us. And it, it, it had a very strong message for us both that we were in the right place mm -hmm. and the right time. What's been the biggest challenge in your relationship so far? Oh. <laughs> I think it's remembering that Janelle is... Janelle, she's not somebody I dated before, um, that, you know, the, the, what I'm projecting on her isn't really her doing it, right? It's, I'm, I'm fighting something from my past. Um, old wounds. Yeah, basically old wounds. And, you know, I told her when we first met that my, what I want in a relationship is to be fiercely vulnerable, um, to be able to tell her I'm, I'm insecure about something or I'm jealous about something. Um, cause it's really hard to speak out loud. Uh, and, um, so I think that's been, that's been the hardest, but it's also been the most healing to be able to have a safe space to do that with her. Yeah, I would say um, for me, too, it's just relationships are hard because they reflect back to me. They reflect back everything you kind of need to work through and fix in yourself, right? Like I'd uh, gone through recovery. I'd gone through a lot of therapy before meeting Angela, and I felt pretty good and strong emotionally on my own. And then being in a relationship with her, for me, uh, the the most difficult thing is just trust, um, you know, building on that trust, uh, that, 
you know, opening up and being vulnerable and sharing your innermost thoughts and feelings and, uh, you know, not wanting to get hurt. Uh, so, um, yeah, just building that foundation of trust, love, and respect for one another. And we're really good at it. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I think we're really good at it. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, it's been challenging and amazing at the same time. Where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? What do you want for your relationship? Angela. <laughs> uh, well, this is a little, I just heard my ego pop up here. I was like, I hope I look as good as I do. <laughs> Five or 10 years. Um, Cause you know, we're at that cusp where things are starting to change. Um, but what do I want? Gosh, I want to love her for who she is. And continue on that um, that that path of being in a relationship and not trying to control, because um, that's my go-to when I get stressed out. I want to control things. So just acceptance, and um, I think the word is agape. Um, so I'd like to continue experiencing that and practicing that. What about for you, Janelle? What's your vision for the future? Uh, in five to 10 years, I mean, gosh, I used to be the five-year plan kind of girl. I always knew exactly where I was going to be and what I was going to be doing five to 10 years from now. And at, at this point in my life, I'm just really open. I want Angela and I were engaged to be married. Um, I want us to have the best possible marriage and it, all of it for me is based on those three things, love, trust, and respect. Uh, and you know, I, I just want us to be strong in our ability to always respect one another. And if we have those times when, you know, either we break trust or we don't show ultimate respect, that we have repair. Uh, I just want to have a great relationship and a very strong marriage. How do you repair now when you, when you kind of go sideways for a little bit, how do you get back on track? You know, we're learning that about each other and what that means for each of us. Sometimes if we have conflict, Angela will want space. She needs to get away. She has a propensity to run. <laughs> uh, and I had to learn early on, you know, that that's, you know, when that sparks my fear of abandonment, that I had to learn to trust that that's just her wanting space and she'll be back. Um, we, you know, we've had an instance where that's happened and it was actually really sweet. You know, we had some conflict. She wanted to get away for a minute. Um, I went upstairs. Cool. That's all right. Tuck her in, kiss her on the cheek. I'll see you in the morning. And sure enough, uh, early in the morning, she came back and it was just fine. And we kissed and cuddled and everything's good. So, Repair may look different for both of us, and uh, it's a journey of learning what that means, but it's just trusting that if she has to go away for a minute, she's going to come back. That sounds like a little bit of a commercial for therapy because <laughs> <laughs> there's some mindfulness there, right? Uh -huh. There is. There is. Out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I'd say we have to also be forgiving of ourselves. Um you know, it can get a little sloppy sometimes. We we don't have all the answers, and I I might have to tell her that yeah, I, 
I got jealous about something or I got insecure about something. Um, and I have to allow myself to be that vulnerable. And it feels terrible in the moment, but gosh, after those words are spoken and she reassures me or vice versa, it, it feels amazing. Um, so I think allowing ourselves to not drown in our own shame and speak from that place of, um, of vulnerability is important. Well, you've both had previous relationships and now you're engaged. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Is there, in, in closing out our conversation today, is there anything that you would want to share with listeners that might be helpful to them when they think about their own relationships? I, I would say um, it, my advice would be to really give yourself the same love and compassion you, you want to receive and give in your relationship, like really spend some time getting to know yourself. Um, Jeff, I've, I've, uh, been through a lot of therapy and I remember once being asked, you know, what do you want in a relationship? And I think I wrote down double side, seven pages of paper, what I thought I wanted in a relationship. And it was really just everything I didn't want in my current relationship to be happening. And I, I had to learn how to boil that down to those three things. I really just need to feel loved and trusted and respect. So I think my advice is to get to know yourself, spend some time really knowing what you want, not just what you don't want. Um, and be willing and able to communicate that. When Angela told me she wanted fierce vulnerability, nobody's ever talked to me like that before. And, uh, she, she really gave me permission to be honest and uh, fearless, uh, and it's, it's, it's been amazing. So, Yeah, I think mine is develop your self-awareness um, if you want to be successful, if somebody wants to be successful in a relationship, and know your attachment style. And I know that sounds very, you know, ther therapist-y, um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think uh, the way we attach to one another. Um, Janelle and I keep talking about developing secure attachment with each other, but um, knowing your attachment style and having this sense of self-awareness is key to a healthy, long relationship, I think. So love, trust, respect, fierce vulnerability, mm -hmm. developing your awareness, knowing your attachment style, and 30 hawk feathers. Is there <laughs> anything else? <laughs> Uh, that's about it. That's, that's a, us. That's a cakewalk. <laughs> Angela, Janelle, yeah. thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Thanks, you, Jeff. Jeff. It was a pleasure. Do you know any LGBT couples with interesting stories and wisdom to share on the show? Jeff would love to meet them, so please contact him through the website at qmarriagementors.com. Until next time, thanks for listening, and have a great week.